Shaggy Rugby Podcast, the Toman Park Munster Edition. Why am I calling it the Toman Park Munster Edition? Because we're in Toman Park. Okay. I don't know why we have to mention the ground, but th- this ground does have that kind of feel to it. It's, mm-hmm. it's kind of iconic in its imagery anyways. And uh, do you know what? It's a great position when you watch the game. You get well welcomed here. Shout out for them for how we were looked after in terms of setting up our commentary. Alan Deegan, welcome along. Hi, Rob. I'm Rob Murphy, by the way. Did I mention that? Probably didn't. William Davis. Good evening, Rob. Good evening indeed. 39 points to 13. Lindley McKenzie, welcome along. Good evening. Yeah, good evening. When you mentioned score, Emmett's over there as well. Our, engi- our, like, our editor is here. Emmett, how are you? Not too bad. How are you getting on? Hey, editor is talking in podcasts. Why not? They do all the hard work. They have to listen to us every week. He's tuned into us today and helping out in the background as well. Okay, right. Ooh, bad defeat. Will we just get straight to the game? Yep. Okay, here it is. Here's the game with shouty bits from me and talky bits from Will. Carry for Farrell once more. Connacht are under pressure here, 10 metres from their own line, trying to make the hits, but Munster just patient with it. Yeah, they've set this up well. Connacht's defence there got a little bit narrow, but they've reorganised themselves and got them out, but Murray, they are being driven back. Murray to Klein, good carry and good tackle. Out it goes to the wing towards Conway. He's stopped immediately. Seven metres from the Connacht line, two metres in from the right-hand touchline. Back it comes to the left-hand side and Connacht have to make their hits and Cannon is up there with a combination of other players. It's going to be forwards carrying with Jack O'Donoghue. Again, low tackle from Butler who doesn't shy any tackles. Here's Keatley. Good angle from Farrell. Connacht don't make the tackle on him. Party eventually got him. Griffin had him but just lost him. Munster five metres from the Connacht line. An advantage for a penalty. Try time for Munster. Darren O'Shea is the man who piled over and that's disappointing from Connick's perspective William because if you think Munster given the platform from the penalties whether we like it or not and then they just patience has got them over the line they've won the line out in the shape of O'Donoghue the ball is dropped and it's come loose but it's not knocked on that could have been the opportunity for the turnover no maul for Munster but they have the ball just inside the Connick 22 Connick's defence was uh, good the last time they had to defend under 22 but not good the first time and they've ripped the ball out Connick ball so they've got the turnover brilliant from Quinn Rue Connick should take half time 10-6 for now they do that Jack Hardy gets it into touch that's a superb finish to the half and Quinn Rue take a bow great job by Quinn Rue he's had a very good half he's tidied up some line out ball he's made a couple of big hits but that was a vital sort of semi-interception there it's done really really well and it's put them into a good position I think Connacht they would have obviously they want to be in the lead at half time but the 10-6 they've competed right through they've had a few sticky moments but generally overall they've held together very very well and on they go good carry from Kilcoyne Connick making the tackles numbers for Munster if they use it Connick over the top of the ball they want a penalty they say they're on their feet no decision going their way decision goes Munster way an advantage to Munster crossfield kick lots of pressure on Healy he takes it in he marks it so we'll go back for the easy three points for Munster Muldoon felt he was on his feet David Wilkinson said rocket formed I guess is what he's saying so once I say that I don't care if you're on your feet will be his answer well he didn't entertain Johnny just walked past him. Uh, just con- looking at the replay here, Muldoon came in. He's on his feet. That's a dreadful call against John Muldoon. Yes, that's shocking. That's an absolutely dreadful that's, call. That's that's, uh, that's that's poor now, because you, so when you see the replay, he's, he's on his feet, and he's got his body position perfect. And um, no, that's that's a, that's that's just a bad one. John Muldoon has a perfectly clean steal there taken away from him a monster about to get three points gifted them monster ball in the Connick 22 they lead by seven they have all the momentum now yeah they certainly have and they're, they're, they're doing this again the same way they did in the first half it's very simple 
It's, there's nothing flashy about it, they're just moving the ball. Here's a good chance of getting outside the man and they get to carry is Archer. He's only on the field there. The pass was key to that. Monster have it on the short side. They have numbers, but not a lot of room. What a kick through. Tiernan O'Halloran, he's under pressure. Try for Monster. I think it is. Referee's going to look at the TMO, even though he was right there. He's going to go to the TMO. There's no... There's, there's definitely a knock-on there. He has no control over that ball as it goes to ground. Now, the only thing is, is the back of his hand is still touching the ball. It's, it's, yeah, well, it, the more you see it, the more it looks like a knock-on. I'm not sure that... Let's see the reaction of the Connacht players. <laughs> Nothing before that, I don't think, William, that we could fault David Wilkinson on. We don't want to turn this into a... No, you, you, look, you've got to be careful. Referees make decisions, they do Absolutely. the job. Yeah. But... When you see them isolated on video, they look wrong. 18 points to 6. Make that 20 points to 6. That should be game, set, and match for Munster. Connacht just need to dig in here. Though. Munster line out outside the 22. Connacht trailing now. They were only 10-6 down at halftime, and they were right in this. Please don't doubt that. This wasn't one of those just hanging in there. They were everybody in this. There's a huge tackle on Earls. He was picked up and driven to ground. I don't know who the Connacht player is, but he's going to see probably yellow. And I would say, William, could be worse. We'll see how he brought yeah, him down. It, it could, could be a red. It could be worse. There's a few punches going in now. Tempers have really got frayed. I'm going to see who it is now. Quinn Roo. Quinn Roo. Picks him up. And, and jumps him on his neck. That's a red card. That's a red card. That's, that's that, a red to card. me, that's a red card. His feet were over the um, 90 degrees, but the fact that he, he sort of semi-landed on his neck shoulder, I think he's just given a yellow. It was a very quick decision, Roo. Unbelievable. That, sh that should have been a red card. Well, it's very, it's very, very close to it. He shook hands with Keith Earls on the way off. Obviously, they're Ireland teammates. A good carry from Boyle again, was it? Right through the middle of the road. Was Boyle, yeah. Here's Mitchell now. Here's Jared Butler. Meets a wall. Scandal had a couple of bad moments when things weren't going right for Munster, but uh, he's making the tackles now. Craig Ronaldson carries well. Oh, what an offload from Ronaldson to Tiernan O'Halloran. Who lets it off to Mitchell, who boots it along the ground, and James Mitchell's chasing after this. He needs to pop it up. One more pass by Stewart. Good support line from Dara Leader, and he's held up. Can Connick finish with a try? Out it comes from Quinn Roo. He gets it out to uh, to Killian Gallagher, shoves it on to Tom McCartney, and Connick get the try. Huge cheer from the Connick support which, if nothing else, tells me how many people travel down from the West today. Craig Ronaldson comes out to own Griffin, could be on here for Killian Gallagher. He had an assist on the last try. He tries to throw it back in field, which he had to do because it's the last play. Ronaldson driven towards the touchline. Connick finished in a positive manner, scored a try, and we're on the attack. They'll take something from that. But the 10, 12, 14-minute spell after the Munster's uh, second try in this game was where this game completely fell away from Connacht and it is all over here in Toman Park. Munster 39, Connacht 13. Overall, Munster, like was said to us there in, in the press room, and I thought it was a good point, in the battle of the, the out-halves, maybe Keatley, obviously Keatley had the edge because they won, but also just in terms of how he kicked for space. One thing's for sure, Connacht weren't happy with their own first half performance, judging by the press conference. I think what Karen Keane was talking about, and he's right, you know, is that, you know, we got a hiding, Connacht got a hiding in, in the second 40 minutes. Probably didn't see it coming in the first half, um, because it was a, although Connacht didn't play much, didn't have much, ball, they had ball, but they found it struggled to actually play. I think that the key areas that Munster dominated with someone like CJ Stander 
I thought their back row was, I thought the defence was outstanding, quite frankly, and they shut Connor down. Connor just couldn't seem to find the space or the gaps that they normally could find. Um, a few of the efforts, you know, they did go awry, whether it was a chip over that was, you know, they couldn't get their hands on in other circumstances, it could work. They were close on a number of occasions. Maybe if one of those had got down at the right time, it might have been a game changer in the sense that it wouldn't have given the momentum to Munster. But I think once Munster had that momentum from that try, um, whether it was a try or no try, they still had the momentum. And no after tried. that, and Connett just couldn't do anything. And, you know... You have, to, you have to look at the, all the team changes that Connett had. We all know they went into this game and they had to change players. You know, and it's very difficult to take out some of your key players like you know, Kieran Mami and, and Bundyaki and Alton Delan and put Tom these... Farrell. Tom Farrell. Absolutely. Or Masterson, based on his formation. Mm-hmm. And, ta- and, and expect these young ones who have played very little, some of them. Peter Aki's only just back from New Zealand. Mm-hmm. Um, Owen Griffin, experience, hasn't played a lot. The two haven't played a lot together. You know, you've... Um, Keelan Blade has played very little rugby. Not since Cardiff. This mm-hmm. season, exactly. And you've got the young fellas. I thought, to be honest, I thought Gallagher was... Was, was Adam was impressive. Yeah, I thought he was very impressive. I was also very impressed with Thornbury when he came on. Mm-hmm. I thought he was excellent. But, you know, when you chop and change teams like this, and we all knew Kieran Keane had to do it, and he said himself he had to do it, mm-hmm. that you're not going to have the... You're not going to have the same impact or fluidity. the same. That's a great word. Thank you, fluidity that that you would normally possibly normally have. And it was kind of a team lacking in a little bit of experience in key areas. I thought teed up perfectly then for the post game audio. You'll hear from me talking with Tom McCartney and first with Kieran Key. All right, Kieran. Um, disappointing obviously night for Connacht I think in particular the scoreline the way the second half got away from you it's, it's going to be tough for the lads to think about during the week I'd say Yeah I think they you know they'll be a bit disappointed by the scoreline as you said um, we'll probably lick our wounds uh, and go back and, and have a you know a think about things but uh, there's plenty to play for next week and there's there's a big challenge and you know, we're going to have to dump this pretty quickly, uh, albeit have a look at why we uh, fell behind so quickly and so easily in that um, short period after half-time. A lot of players were blooded tonight. You've seen players now in, in first-team action for the first time. The likes of Boyle, uh, Peter McCabe making his first start, for example. Conan O'Donnell made a good impact. You can take a lot from the depth that's starting to develop now. Oh, it's early days for all those players. So, um, yeah, look, it's it's really nice that they got their opportunity, um, uh, and it you know can only add to the depth that we're seeking. Yep. It's interesting. A ten-six, maybe a thirteen-six. A couple of calls didn't go Connick's way. You, you never really want to comment on them, but you would have still looked about it. And listening to Tom talk as well at halftime, you weren't happy with your performance. You weren't happy to be within four points. You felt that you had left a bit of left points behind you in that first half. Yeah, we hadn't played too much rugby in that first half, to be honest. Um, We were playing safe rugby, and that's not our style, and it's not what we want to do. So we were a little bit disappointed by that first half um, and felt that we could have done uh, a whole lot better, really. But, um, you know, you you just... you got to regroup, and when we come back out in the second half, we were um, 
pretty keen to do well. Uh, and the boys felt good at half-time and we refocused. Uh, and then we got knocked with the yellow card, which uh, which cost us. You obviously you like this format of having two competitions, four from four so far. Worcester next week, chance to maintain that push for maybe being a top two seed in the competition. So. Oh, look, it's a massive opportunity for us, and, and it's one we don't want to squander. So um, I think that'll be the onus for the week. Um, certainly, certainly worthwhile. Well, it's not worthwhile sulking about and, and putting our tail between our legs. Uh, we've got to get a few things right and we've got to est- establish exactly what went wrong and why it went wrong um, and then get back on the horse uh, and off we go again because we've got a great opportunity there. Tom McCartney, I just first of all have to say the scoreline has got to really stick in the gut a little bit because it's been a really good body of work overall for Interpros compared to other years. Six points from three games is a good return. That scoreline's going to hurt though, isn't it? Yeah, it's really disappointing. Um, you know, Time and, ha- uh, time and Parks, are, it is a difficult place to come um, and Munster, are, um, you know, they really lift a level here but, um, you know, we've come here in the, in the last couple of years and we've had a bit of success so um, there's definitely no fear coming down here from us but, uh you know, fair play to Munster, they, um, they outplayed us tonight and, and, you know, the result hurts and, uh, yeah, you just got to take it. Had to start with that, but then you can take positives because you're taking a lot of key frontliners out that you had to rest. You're obviously winning the scrum battle. Let's start with that. That's no harm. To, that's no mean feat when you come down to Toman Park and, and get four penalties and scrums in the first half. Yeah, I mean, yeah, well, that's, that's probably a positive. Uh, you know, we talked about it during the week. If you don't... If you don't pitch up at scrum time, you don't pitch up at uh, defending them all against Munster, then um, you're going to get your pants pulled down. So um, I, I suppose those two areas, um, you know, we, we probably did pretty well against them there. But um, I guess it was a few other areas that we let ourselves down. Are you going to be, is the dressing room annoyed? Is there anger in there? Or are you just trying to refocus as quickly as you can for Worcester? Oh, there's definitely anger in there. There's definitely hurt. Um, you know, the Interboro is a massive for us. Um, massive rivalries between all the provinces, really. And, um, you know, Munster's our, uh, our closest uh, competitor. And uh, we really we try and lift, lift for Munster. And, you know, we had a really good, um, good win against them at the sports ground. And, um, you know, it means a lot to the players to get those wins. And a couple of years ago, they had a really good win down here as well. And, um, you know, guys still talk about it being one of their, their best victories. So, um, you know, the guys are definitely up for the game. And, um, you know, I, I think, you know, the look in the eye before the game and, and, and all the players in the change room, you know. Um, you know, we're here to, here to front physically and um, we probably just weren't accurate enough with that. Seven days, Worcester. Big opportunity, obviously, to wrap up top spot in the group and, and maybe push on for a, t- a top two seed, is it? Yeah, it's a huge game for us. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, the, the, the result tonight's very disappointing and um, we'll go back and have a, a good look at the game and, and um, see what we could do better, but... Um, you know we got to we got to try and stay positive and as I said before you know the, the last two games we um, you know there's there's still a lot of confidence in what we're trying to do so um, you know get back to the get back to the uh, the, the training field and uh, get the review done and then we'll move on pretty quick it's a, a massive game for us. Okay, back here in the. Opposite, on the opposite side of the ground and, and yeah we started this chat about the decisions those decisions did vex us by the end we were obviously what everyone should be saying from a conduct perspective is better team one more powerful team one the more a clever team probably in terms of the way they played second half one but at the same time those decisions were huge that's John Muldoon over the ball on his feet should have been a penalty to Connacht went to Munster and that's a knock on he didn't 
touched the ball down because he didn't have control over it. Well, it's very hard if you, if you look at the try. I, Conway's try, wasn't it? 54 minutes. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't honestly know how you can award that. Oh, and, and I mean, scream. come on, look at it. That's what TMOs are there for. They're, to, they're, they're there to make sure that the mistakes don't get made. You have to remember, it only needs to be downward pressure. Yeah, but you've got to have to have control. No, you don't. You just have to yeah, put downward pressure stage, on the at ball. At that stage, then, you've got to have a separation from the ball and to touch it down. The ball, what they will say is the ball was touching the back of his hand. That's not downward pressure. The ball was probably in contact with his hand the whole way. But if it goes to the ground in that situation, in open play, it's a knock on. He's not in control of it. She doesn't have to be in control. No, but he's. But if in, in open play, if it goes to ground and the ball hits the ground, as your back of your hand is touching it, that's a knock on. That's not. Oh, he's in possession as he hits the ground. No, I don't think it was. Any, and I don't think there was downward pressure either, as you said. Well, that, it's, assuming there was downward pressure, I have no problem. I'm not sure the, the I could to the quality of the screen I was looking at wasn't high enough definition for me to see whether he actually had downward pressure on the ball or not. So I'll have to wait until I go home. The ball hit the ground. There was no, I don't know. You, you agree with me? Yeah, I, I, I think if if, you're, if that try gets allowed, then a lot of other tries that don't get allowed should be allowed. That's that's your problem. But look, on the night, it's it's the decision of the TMO and the referee. They have a chat. They make a decision, and that's it. I was in Lansdowne Road in 2003 when Brian O'Driscoll got the yeah. dodgiest TMO try in the history of the world. Hard to believe TMOs are going that long. But uh, so look, these things happen. And look, Munster with a better side tonight. Before you go, Lindley, I, I I think one of the problems that I still have with TMOs. That's 14 years ago, and there's still issues with how these decisions are arrived at and how the discussions work. And some referees seem to be able to handle TMOs very well, and they understand their role, and they feel their role is defined some way. And then other referees feel the TMO has a different definition. Uh, and it's just the way they, they communicate and work together. We, can't, we couldn't hear it this evening, so we don't know what the discussion was. But Mm, it, it just needs to be yeah. tighter, yeah, yeah. I think. Even listening to games all through the season, you think, well, that was different last week or this was different. And it's, it's just an issue. And to be fair, when I talked to Greg Gardner right back at the start of the season, he said, yeah, it, it's, it's under discussion, it's under evaluation all the time. It's not the reason the Connick lost tonight. No. Tom McCartney, captain side at the end after John Muldoon went off, you were impressed. Yeah, best game I've seen him play in a while. Looks as though it, it's taken him a little bit. He came back from injury, has been on the bench a few times, started last week, was was you know reasonably good last week, but I thought he was excellent tonight. He was, you know, the physicality of, of Munster and they, they really are very, very physical and it's not until you get here and see them and they just keep going and keep going. They're relentless. They're abs- and if you can hold on to them, that's when they get frustrated and you could see they were beginning to get a little bit frustrated and then they got the break and Quinn Rue going off meant yeah, that, that key Earl's break we'll talk about Earl's and Conway in a second yeah. but there was just a couple of moments yeah. that were just bits of class they were and that came from it, it, it was it was funny when the ball was in the air I was looking to see where it was going to land and I'm thinking why are we kicking it to the most dangerous player yeah. <laughs> literally as it was in the air and then he goes and makes an unbelievable break and that, that was the momentum that they needed and that's all they need that's, that's the, they're just that sort of team they just need something to spark them get them going forward and then they become really really difficult because they start you can see it there their whole body language changes everything about it they said yes we are doing the right thing this is the right way to do it and it's, it's simply it's a simple game rugby really is a simple game that's made 
made very complicated. If you've got the ball and you're going forward, you're going to win. One story like that fine line in some modern art where you just don't know it's art until you really just see something and then go, OK, right. So I'll give you an example where I'm coming from that after-world theory. was in, to- in sports ground, they just looked average. 11 of their players in the international team, just three of ours, that's what we were saying. But we were saying it tongue-in-cheek. We knew this is what they're about. But they look so average in the sports ground. Yet tonight, you look at the class of Earls and Conway and think to yourself... You don't need to be all Leinster-like about the way you play rugby. It can be beautiful when it's played like that as well at times. And the pure power of CJ Standard, the pure brilliance of young Conor Oliver, you know, the clever rugby that they play, the, the absolute genius of Conor Murray these days, all that stuff comes together. And you're just looking at Conway and you're looking at her as my man of the match and you're just going, yeah, fair play, you're a good side. Yeah, they are a good side. And they've obviously had two reverses, two very odd defeats. Yeah. You know, Leinster came here and were 27-5 up. Very few sides get 27 over at half time. Yeah. In theory. And then Munster came back in and it took Jordan Lermer to, to, to do something magical to close that game out. Then they went to Belfast and they had a man sent off and they fell apart. And, you know, you need 15 guys on the pitch. But this was, a f- this was very typical of what happens here with Connacht. We've, we've been here many, oh, many times. So many times. Um, and that was a game changer. They got that dodgy penalty we kicked off Earl's got the ball yeah. boom and they, they, they hit us so you could forget that when you're moaning about the try like I was where did that come from brilliance from Earl like. yeah and look, he's a very decent he's a very decent player he wants his he probably hasn't lost his position in the Ireland team but he's a bit down the pecking order he wants it back uh, Conor Murray came into the game I thought he had a very average first half but once he he upped the tempo mm. and began to swagger a bit and it's a big this is a tough lesson it's a tough lesson for some of the younger Connacht guys and I think they'll have to take it they've, they've, this is a baptism of fireplace they've come here tonight now and maybe if they didn't quite understand what playing Munster and Thoman Park is about well they've learned this evening Lily, would you feel glass half full after tonight, even though it's 39-13 on the scoreboard? Yeah, I have to say, always coming down to Munster with the team that we had and with the mm-hmm. team that Munster putting out was always going to be a difficult ask anyway. So yes, if, overall, if you look at it, you know, we've got one win, we've got a point out of Leinster, and we've got one loss. That's so, that is, you know, that's a reasonable average, mm-hmm. average return, um, f- particularly for coming down here in these circumstances. Mm, I'd nearly say slightly above average because just, well, you, you know, when you think about it, like before Breve, we were really looking at these fixtures wondering, God, can we even scrape a win against Ulster to get something out of it? I think you also have to look at the, I mean, the, the key areas tonight in Munster where they had, you know, they've got international class mm. and that's basically the halfbacks and their back line and their number eight. Yeah, and I think even, even CJ Sanders said in, in the post-match press conference, he said at half time, himself and Ian Keekley and Murray had a little meeting amongst themselves and said, we really have to up the gear here and do something. And you could see the difference in them. It was like they actually took charge mm-hmm. and they were very commanding. And, you know, that's the experience that they have, you know, for playing international rugby. Okay, before we go, I want to just ask you this. I, I can see tonight why Conway and Earls are ahead of Adiolokan and Healy in international pecking order, just based on that performance. I think mm-hmm. two guys stepped up and two didn't. But I think you'd like people and some of our listeners are from Munster and Leinster as well to understand why we think it's just ridiculous that our props don't get more recognition when you have an international as you said at halftime an international set of props on the opposition backed up by international props tonight and yet overall penalty after penalty we're going to Connacht and we're not even talking like Peter McCabe was third choice a few weeks ago Connor Carey is one of the best backup tight heads in Ireland 
Yeah, just to go back, I, I think you're a little, little bit harsh on Healy and Addy Loken not no, stepping up tonight. No, but. but no, but I just, okay, can I clarify? Because I really mean this. Healy and Addy Loken are brilliant. They are absolutely brilliant. We don't know why they don't get in the Irish setup. What I'm saying is the little edge there tonight goes to the other two, who sometimes people think our guys should be ahead of. Our guys have a little bit of, go- just a little bit more to go to get better than them. That's my point. The winning battle, 2 0 on wingers oh, yeah, tonight yeah, yeah. to Monster. Yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah, I'd, I'd, yeah I'd, I'd certainly look at the fact that, you know, our, our scrum, not for the first time had their scrum under a huge amount yeah. of pressure having said that around the field they're they they're, they won the game line battle every time well, there was a Farrell crash was, was solid tonight you no know? but I mean talking in the forwards oh, in the forwards we never really our Are forwards you? apart from there was a five minute spell just after half time where we got front football and we started to really motor and the forwards started to really go well and the last five minutes when it didn't really matter and when you saw that we looked as though we could do stuff the problem was we didn't keep it going and those guys kept it going it has to be said yes in the scrums they, yeah, we definitely dominated in, in that part of the field we should be getting more recognition there internationally um, I, think, I think it's a difficult position because we've gone from having no props uh, in Ireland a few years ago we were bringing guys in and <laughs> making them putting them in a green jersey almost immediately it's a very competitive place now um, but I agree with you that, uh, and I think it's it's a credit to uh, the coaching staff I mean Jimmy Duffy's worked very very hard and they they really relished it this evening yeah. they got around the park and they did a bit more than just bash and smash they've got a few skills they run good yeah. lines and we're not saying I'm not really saying that Peter McCabe should go straight into the Irish squad or Connor Carey even because he only had two or three starts but like it's just great to see them there they must be in line at some point down the line if they keep this progress going you, you would think so mm. yeah uh, I mean it's it's an attritional position mm. on, on any team and you know we, we've two two props on long term injury at the moment um, but the cover seems to be there and it's a cover at the required level. You can put a number one on a jersey and you can, you can finish up having to pick somebody in that position. But what you need, and this is, this is what they've, they have been talking about this, and it's taken us, <coughs> excuse me, maybe in the media a little while to, to grab this, but they kind of want to have cover in all positions. And when somebody is brought up, they don't want... A situation where you're saying, ah, he did his best, but you know he's he's very new to this position and he hasn't played before. That's that's no good. Mm. And this is the, uh, the the KK mantra, and he's got all the other coaches thinking about this. He wants these guys ready to go, and that's why he wants the academy to be stronger. He wants guys when they play for the A team, the Eagles, to be really on the money, and re- because the chances come. You know, like Boyle tonight. Paul Boyle just like plucked from from the Eagles and straight in. And you were impressed with Conan O'Donnell as well, Lindy. For yeah, I, I I was just looking at the team sheet here, and I was just thinking to myself, well, if you look at the starting team, there's about six of those who aren't regular, who haven't been regular players on the side, which is which is quite a sizable amount given the team. And then if you look at the at the, at, at the subs, where you've got Gavin Thornbury and Paul Boyle coming on, and and I have to say, it was great to see Craig Ronaldson coming on um, delighted to see him there and superb touchline conversion and he made a brilliant end. break in the lead up to that try yeah. and then got a superb offload to Tiernan O'Halloran who yes. then forced it on to Mitchell who used his foot cleverly it's really good and then as Alan pointed out I said they were, all, the, all the forwards looked goosed as the ball went along the end uh, back line but just take it up there Alan that pass from Gallagher to McCartney impressed you 
Yeah, because he, he, you know, Gallagher took the ball about, what, five, seven yards out and looked as though he was going to get his first try for conduct and then stumbled because <laughs> the, there was parts of the pitch were a little bit softer than other parts, but then had the, the gumption to give a beautiful pass out to Tom McCartney, who was outside him. I'm thinking for a young fella who's 20, 21 years of age to, to keep under control, to keep cool and calm and that sort of situation I was hugely impressed by him William in the commentary pointed out the juxtaposition of 315 cap John Muldoon going off and I was pointing out that he made his debut against the Borders one for some of the young runs to look up to learn on Wikipedia who they were um, do you do that uh, going back ask your grandparents was what I meant to say there uh, but yeah he made his debut against the Borders and then he was being replaced by 20 year old Paul Boyle yeah, it's, it's absolutely. Uh, Poor John. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's not that. He's not that <laughs> old, Rob. Yeah, yeah. Same age as me. <laughs> yeah, well, um, slightly better, better job in terms of the hair colour, really. But that's what you want, and 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 I think they've really. I think they've tried to encourage um, these guys. We heard during the week that Paul Boyle had been training for the last couple of months with the senior squad. They 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 have to, you have to have numbers. But you have to have them ready. You can't just pluck them up one week. They're in the academy, and the next week, right, you're playing for you're, st- you're on the bench for Connacht. Um, well, I think I think Peter Wolken said that, didn't he, at yeah. at the press conference earlier this week? He said that they've been training. They knew the structures. They'd, they'd test themselves in training, and now was the opportunity to test themselves in a competitive environment. And he said he, they weren't selecting players who they didn't think. Mm-hmm. Just to give them an opportunity, just to, to give them a chance to play. He, they were giving them the chance to play, but because they thought they could do the job. My and I favorite, think that's a difference. My favourite Kieran Keane moment of the season is something you were at, though, wasn't that? When he said in the press conference, I sat down with every Eagles player after that evening defeat, and I just thought, right, this is different. This is We're going deeper now in terms of what we're trying to do. I'm, I'm not faulting Pat Lamb one bit for maybe not paying as much heed to the Eagles because it worked brilliantly, and he was trying to, he was trying to scratch the top off first mm-hmm. to try and get us to a certain place. But now we need to go deeper, and I think he's doing that. Yeah, I think he is, and I think that was an absolute line in the sand. That's yes, that performance. It? Yeah. I think uh, there was a, a lot of anger, there was a lot of annoyance about that performance, there was a lot of head scratching, but I think it went a bit deeper than that. And I think a few guys were called out and were asked some very blunt questions as to what they thought they were doing here. And maybe some of the answers surprised the management because they said, I don't know what the player said, I wasn't at the meetings, but they might have said, well, I I, I don't know what's expected of me. Mm. No, they do. And they also, if you bring guys up, other guys who are around the Eagles and around the academy see, oh, he's now on the Connacht bench, oh, he got a start. How did he do that? Why? Well, because they've worked hard, they've cut themselves into position, and you have to have a, a management structure that's not afraid to make those calls. But you have to make the call in a way that the player has been brought there for a reason, not just to be given a jersey and told go out and run around a bit and we'll fit you, you can be used as a filler in. It's not good enough. It doesn't work anymore. You have to be able to do the job when you're asked. I okay. think as long as there's communication as well between the academy manager and and the senior manager, and I think that Kieran Keane and Eric Elwood have established a rapport and a relationship that they are going to work together on this. They really do seem like characters that would get on quite well. There's just something about to do with them. Well, I think there's something about their innate passion and oh, honesty yeah. that uh, there might be similar characters. A bit of directness as well when it's needed. Well, well it's, it's the passion to do it, do the job right. Yeah. Okay. And be prepared uh, to say it as it is. Yeah. But also um, 
there has to be an understanding with you mean younger players are not going to be able to maybe verbalize as well as a senior player when they're asked hard questions because they're not sure of the ground they're standing on. They can't just they can't come in your twenty year old can't come in and, and start shouting the odds and saying, Well but if you you've got to talk to them, you've got to listen to them, but you've also you've also got to coach them. This is the key thing. If if somebody is struggling with something, you have to be able to coach them and get the message across. That's what uh, Nigel Carolyn was talking about the week before. Any other business? Sorry, I have to jump in there. Uh, Do you no, need to jump too first? Cold. Too cold. <laughs> I got one. Uh, there was a, a, a major company trying to stir up some interest in this game by saying this was the battle of the West, okay, between Munster and College. Geography commentary like that really annoys me. This is the South. Munster is, it's really simple. We have four provinces, so you can just, you know, take your compass and make it simple. North, South, East, and West. We're the West, they're the South. This is not the Midwest. I went to college in Limerick, and they seriously think this is the Midwest. They own Galway, folks. Just a geography point. It just annoys me. And Sligo. No, that's kind of more northwest. No, it's still the west. It's still the west. Absolutely. I think you'll find it. Common. Asta, look, <laughs> just come on. You, at least you're, I'm making, I'm making a serious true. point here. <laughs> okay. Nothing, no other business from you. Yeah, yeah, I have. I have yeah, a boy, William. A couple of things that have. Uh, looking at the Aviva Premiership. Um, it's something that happens in, in Premiership soccer as well, is that the same managers just keep reappearing. I mean, mm-hmm. Alan Solomons, who we've come across at uh, Ulster mm-hmm. and Edinburgh, mm-hmm. and now next week we're going to see him at Worcester, mm-hmm. uh, because their manager, uh, whose second name is Gold, but I've forgotten his first name, Gary Gold, has gone off to be something in American rugby, and fair play to him. And then you've got situation at uh, Alan Gaffney's coming to Northampton. Mm-hmm. Um, but you just wonder about young coaches. Mm. I know it's difficult when teams are struggling, but you do wonder a little about the fact that it's it's the same faces reappearing and just moving around um, the, the the board of of, of coaching. Yeah. But then again, midway through a season, it might be that older, experienced head who's available, who you might need to just slip in because to slip in to take over for the rest of the season, whereas a young person may not be able to do that. You mentioned two situations, and then we have the third here, three changes of coaches mid-season. I don't think I've ever heard of it. It's very unusual in rugby. I mean, it's, it's perfectly normal in, in, in soccer because you just lose a few games and, um, you, you know, Slavin Bilic, my mob West Ham, he gets, he gets the chop and a new guy comes in, and, and that's standard. It's a bit unusual in rugby. Um, because you normally stick it out to the end of the season. But I suppose teams just want stability and a bit, you know, they they get frightened. But I'm still slightly concerned that younger coaches um, just keep hitting a bit of a brick wall. And it doesn't matter where it happens. I know they've got a very young coach come in here, but, you know, he's a South African and you feel, okay, he's going to do X amount of time in Munster, but he's not probably going to be here for the long haul. On to Worcester. Looking forward to the trip. Yeah, yeah, I am. Looking forward to us to getting only our third ever win in England. Mm. Yeah, we haven't, we haven't won there since the last time we were there, which was in December of 2008. Nine. 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 OK. Uh, that wasn't a day trip, actually, but this is a day trip. It'll all work very smoothly. Mm. And uh, we've got a five-door Opel Corsa. Oh, brilliant. All right. 
But, okay. but because Alan is a bit older than you, we'll probably get an upgrade. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Last time we were in our little car as well. Yeah, we were complaining about you. Yeah, good, good, good. Yeah, well, that's because you didn't actually read the thing which said Peugeot 307. You, you should have we read that and demanded it. Oh, well, we were happy with a little course. It was fine. Okay, that's I it. I, I heard it was a starlet, but anyway. <laughs> it was a micro. <laughs> well, on that bombshell, good night. We will have podcast midweek and one next week as long as we get out of Tolman Park, which could be quite a challenge. Bye! Bye.